Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Check your mail today. You may have already been referred to the Department of Justice for prosecution. Oh, and President Trump, too. Details on all of it in 60 seconds. It is the Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz happy to be sitting in for Glenn, normally heard on News Radio WRVA, beautiful, beautiful Central Virginia. Contact details, well, 1-888-727-BECK. That remains the same. 1-888-727-BECK. If you want to shoot me an email, happy to take a look at it. Jeff at thejeffcatshow.com. Jeff at thejeffcatshow.com. And then over on Facebook and Twitter, uh, you're looking for uh, Jeff Show, and I'd appreciate a like or a follow over there. So I found out the other day that the January 6th committee, it's not a commission, right? It's a committee comprised of, I don't know, the best and the brightest in Congress. I almost said that out loud in the series. Yeah, the best and the brightest in Congress. Who are we kidding? All right, so a bunch of partisan lunatics on the January 6th committee came to a conclusion we already knew they had, which is we don't like Donald Trump. We don't like him. We don't like him. We don't like him. Okay. Click your heels three times, Miss Cheney, and 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 leave. And and you too, Adam Kins and all of you. Just get out. Just get out. Get your stuff and get out. But they've referred former President Trump to the Department of Justice. I honest to goodness don't even know what that means. Do they call up Merrick Garland and go, hey, listen, you know how you hate Trump? Yeah, we hate him too. Can you do something about it? No, not real. Okay, thanks. Is it an email? Is it a is it a certified letter? Ooh, those are scary. You get a certified letter, you got to pay attention to that. What is it? I don't know. And what happens with it? I don't know. Fortunately, however, I do know the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. Joe Moreno is without question the most brilliant legal mind that I've ever had the pleasure to uh, to interact with. He's just, just uh, the best of the best. Someone with a long, distinguished career, including as a prosecutor, a federal prosecutor. So if anybody's going to know about this, it's going to be Joe. And I'm happy to say Joe is joining us. Joe, welcome. 
Jeff, good morning, and uh, I hope I can live up to that very, very generous introduction. Good morning, well, sir. Well, you absolutely can. I know you can, because you really are the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. So, so explain this to me. The January 6th committee came to a conclusion that they don't like Donald Trump. Now what? Yeah, Jeff, I mean, people may have missed it, but a couple of days ago at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, there was a very slick very polished television presentation, right, that was given by this committee in Congress um, and, and this sort of big conclusion that, yes, many of us saw, absolutely saw coming was a referral of charges to the Justice Department. Now, what does that mean? It really doesn't mean much at all. It's, it's very symbolic. Okay. It basically kind of projects that these people are unhappy with Donald Trump and John Eastman and a couple of other people. But it, it, it has absolutely no bearing on the Justice Department. It has no bearing in law. Uh, it is simply sort of an expression of their feelings. Um, and, and probably in the big picture, it almost makes the whole process more difficult rather than less. Huh. Um, okay. So what... what I'm not, I don't want to ask you to give a prediction because that's not fair. And and frankly, if you can do predictions, I need Mega Millions and Powerball because my wife has just gone really, really heavy into easy spirit shoes right about now and we need to diversify. But all right. So what happens next? Well, I mean, keep in mind, and, and there are principles in, in how our justice system works that you have to think. People on both sides of the political spectrum should want to work the same way. And that is that if anybody is to bring charges against anyone, whether it's little old me or whether it's the former president of the United States, it should be done by career, nonpartisan prosecutors in secret, right, Mm -hmm. you know, blab it to the New York Times ahead of time, and it should be an objective look at the facts and the law and then a decision made about whether to move forward with any charges or not. Full stop. So to do this effectively in public by one branch of the government whose job is not to execute the laws, it's to pass laws, right? Mm -hmm. And so this committee, the the entire existence of this committee was a bit of a farce, right? I mean, they're, they're supposed to form committees for the purpose of passing laws. So ostensibly, their creation was to look at the Electoral Count Act and figure out if we can improve the way we choose our Electoral College uh, votes. It was not to investigate and refer charges against somebody. So now the Justice Department, which is doing its thing, you know, on its own, now has this very public statement from Congress. And I don't care what they say. This was a very one-sided committee. Sure, they had two Republicans in name only. Yeah. But we all know this was, this was a very, very partisan exercise. So now, what's the Justice Department going to do? How are they going to, with a straight face, really say that they're going to make a decision when you have all this evidence in public, when you have all these people that are kind of like stirring up the pot saying, we really think Donald Trump should be charged? Um, I think the Justice Department, their job is much more difficult now to make a straight-faced decision. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, I I mean, the entire prosecutorial setup is so completely and totally different than this this circus that we've seen. I mean, my goodness, Joe, these folks might as well have just jumped out of one of those little Shriners cars. It really was just a circus from beginning to end. And the Department of Justice, which... 
I have to say, and I'm not a member of the bar. I, I go to the bar, but I'm not a member of the bar. I think Merrick Garland is the most politically motivated attorney general we've seen in the United States since uh, uh, since Dean. Uh, no, no, John Mitchell. John Mitchell. I mean, that's how far I'm going to go back because I just I think he's all about politics. But now it's left in the hands of career prosecutors. They want to make the attorney general happy, don't they? Well, so I mean, ostensibly they've appointed this special counsel, right, Jack? Yeah, yeah. And you know, he 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 seems to be a left leaning guy, although he's been a long time prosecutor. But so the, I mean, on paper. The idea is that he would make the decision, he and whoever's working for him at the department. Gotcha. In reality, it's hard to believe that both the attorney general and the White House mm-hmm. wouldn't know exactly what's going on and have a say in this. So yep. uh, it's a bit of a farce, really. Right. And, and again, you know, I, I, the fact that it's two years after the events happened, the fact that Donald Trump has indicated he's likely going to run for president again, uh, it's going to be very hard for the department to say, you know, cases don't get better with age. They've been looking at this for a long time. And for them now to say, we're going to make a, an objective determination after Congress has made it very clear what they want us to do, that's really difficult. And, and yeah. you know, there's the three big things that, you know, a committee like we saw the other day that just wrapped up, there's three major differences between that and a real prosecution. One is that all the facts and evidence have to be put on display, not just one side of the facts, right? Uh, Second is that you actually have to apply the law. You can't make general sweeping statements. You actually have to prove element by element whatever charges you want to prove. And then third, of course, there's a defense, right? I mean, that was completely one-sided what we saw. And so any prosecutor you know, knows that you're going to have to go up against a vigorous defense lawyer whose job it is to punch holes in your case. So that's very different in bringing a real prosecution than what we saw on Monday, which was a completely made-for-television, one-sided presentation. Joe Moreto is joining us, and he really is the uh, smartest lawyer on God's green earth, uh, a background that's just amazing. an attorney here in the United States, a solicitor in England and Wales, right? Very good. That's right. Uh, all right. Nice. Do you have the robes and the and, and the wigs, by the way? No, nah, I've never gotten that far, you know, oh. to play to play the part. Yeah. Oh, Joe, come on, man. You've got to do that. I know. You've got to do that. Jamie Raskin is part of this committee, part of Congress. He says... Listen, we've seen all we need to see, and it proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Donald Trump can never be allowed to run for office again. That's the real motive here, right? And is Raskin anywhere close to the truth on that? Raskin had his chance, and it wasn't what happened, what just wrapped up on Monday. Okay, It was two years ago when Congress had the opportunity to impeach Donald Trump a second time, and they did. But they rushed it. They didn't take the time to, to look at the evidence. They didn't have the time, take the time to do it right. Mm-hmm. And they lost in the Senate, right? He was not convicted a second right. time. Yep. That was, if, if there is any function for Congress to investigate a president, that's the function. And they botched it up. They rushed it. They didn't get the result they wanted. And so what this committee effectively now, two years later, 
this is the impeachment investigation that Raskin, and he, he was one of the lead guys back then, right. didn't get right the first time. So they're trying to take a, a second bite at the apple. Ugh. And it's not going to go well. My, and I will make a prediction, Jeff. I don't see charges coming from the Justice Department. I think the case is too old. I think if there were a case, it would have been brought by now. And even the charges that the committee recommended, if you go through element by element, each one is a real stretch. So they might not like Donald Trump. They might not like how he conducted himself in the days and weeks leading up to January 6th. But that doesn't make it a crime. That's a stretch. And that's where I think you're going to lose a lot of people who kind of scratch their head and say, hey, this isn't Congress's job. This is the Justice Department's job. And if they had a case, they would have brought up by now. I, okay. Well, listen, I, I, I like that. I, I like what you're saying, and I, I think it's going to be a very interesting play uh, as, it, as it unfolds. Now, I want to thank you, number one, Joe Moreno, for being here, who really is the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. And with all of your professional and academic accomplishments, the real one that hits me is that you are a loving, devoted husband and father to a beautiful family. How many are we up to in uh, the Moreno gang now? Jeff, we're up to nine, and wow. uh, they are wonderful, but they, do, they sure keep us busy. <laughs> Predictions, uh, number 10. Oh, no, no, no don't, don't tell me, but I, I do want to let you know, because I, I, I reviewed all of the paperwork. Jeff is a wonderful name, and Jeff Moreno, Jeff Moreno, Esquire, MD. That's got a ring to it, right? Colonel Jeff Moreno, MD, Esquire. What do you think? I, I will make sure that's at the top of the list <laughs> if we have a potential boy in the future. <laughs> You're an amazing man. God bless you, Joe. Merry Christmas to you and the gang, and uh, thank you again for making some time for us. Jeff, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thanks for having me, as always, my friend. There you go. That is Joe Moreno. He is the smartest lawyer on God's green earth. If you want to read more about Joe, I I put a couple of uh, little details up on social media. Give me a follow over on Twitter, Jeff Cat Show. Just trying to rebuild that. I'm doing my own experimentation now that uh, Elon Musk has moved in and he's hopefully riding the ship that is uh, Twitter, Jeff Cat Show over on Twitter. If you're with me on Getter, fantastic. Give a follow over there. Facebook, I'm everywhere. My gosh, it's like pollen in the springtime. But um, I would appreciate that. Did you know you're poorer? <laughs> We're all poor. We'll, uh, uh, we'll complain collectively in just a moment. It is Jeff in for Glenn. It is the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck program, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA in Central Virginia. Happy to be sitting in for Glenn. Everybody checks theblaze.com. I know that. Theblaze.com. Vital information, useful material. Check it 10, 12, 15 times a day. Fantastic. But please don't forget about glennbeck.com. I happen to be an unapologetic, unabashed fan of Glenn and his work, but I truly admire so many of the personal activities that Glenn's involved in, and you can read about a lot of them, as well as get the the prep, if you will, when you sign up for uh, Glenn's emailing from glennbeck.com. No, it's not over the top. It's not intrusive or anything like that. I, I had occasion, I guess it's six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, I was in Dallas, Texas, and in addition to my day job, if you will, as a broadcaster, a talk show host. I've been doing this forever and a day. I also am am developing, as best I can, speeches. I've given a, a boatload of speeches through the years. I don't know how many. 
Most of them tie into political issues or things I've discussed on the radio or yada, 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 yada. But in the last couple of years, I've really felt I I have to do more. I'm going to say something now, and I know people, there are some people who will be so offended. Oh, my gosh. But I believe God has put it on my heart to, to reach out to other special needs parents and say, hey, here's what we've been through for, for 19 years. Let me help you navigate this a little bit. Let me, let me give you a little inspiration, a little motivation as you're dealing with a son or a daughter. It could be other family members, but I, I think focus mainly on kids. So about six or seven weeks ago, I was in Dallas, Texas. I was selected to participate by the Ziegler organization in their Ziegler Legacy Certification. It's an amazing, amazing group, right? Everybody out going, Ziegler? You mean like Zig Ziegler? Exactly. Now, the Ziegler organization, it's, 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 it's Zig's kids. They're adult children, of course, but, you know, and they continue to train people and lift people up and give people like me the tools to go out and help others. So anyway, I'm down there in Dallas, and I thought, if I have flown 2,500 miles from Richmond, Virginia to Dallas, Texas, and I don't drop in to see Glenn, then shame on me, right? So I, I do exactly that. And I just have to tell you about a little thing that happens there. Yes, I got a chance. We chatted, caught up on stuff, and Glenn said nice things about me, which is always nice to hear. I was wearing my Tecovis boots. My wife mocked me. I've heard Glenn talking about Tecovis for, what, a decade? And I've always wanted a pair. I, like, ah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Finally, for my birthday, I bought myself a pair. I said, that's it. I'm, I'm a grown blank man. I mean, I didn't say that out loud where anybody could hear me, but I, that's what I'm thinking. So I bought myself a pair of the Tacovis boots, and I'm wearing them. By the way, when I got them, my wife said, what, what's in the box? And it's a big box. It says Tacovis all over. I said, they're boots from Tacovis. You, you bought the boots? Yeah. Why? I said, I've been hearing Glenn talk about them for a decade. Yeah. She said, you know, Glenn has a ranch. Yeah. You have a yard. You like barely get off the deck for goodness sakes. And you only get off the deck because you're going to get a beverage. Well, anyway, so I'm down there and where am I to Chat with Glenn, chat with some of the team. And then I got a chance to go over to the museum. I can't tell you how blown away I was by this museum. This is like the real museum of real American history. A beautiful facility with so many vital documents and, and interesting artifacts. And I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to, to see any of it or, or hear about it. But man, if there's ever an opportunity to go, you take it. You take it. And you can see up close and personal firsthand just how these legacy news media hacks and the the uber leftists in America have done horrible, horrible things to rewrite history and trash our history. God bless Glenn and his team for having it. It's Jeff Katz in for Glenn. This is 
the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn. 1-888-727-BECK. 1-888-727-BECK. You are poorer today than you were last year and the year before that. I mean, we've all figured that out, right? Especially now with Christmas a couple of days away. For some of us, we're right in the middle of Hanukkah. 71% of employees are poorer as a result of Biden inflation. Now, that's not my number because that's calculated and you got to carry some number and I don't, I don't do math. I'm not a, I'm not a math guy. I, I, don't, I don't solve for X. I was a blue book guy. Psychology, human services. I didn't want to solve for X. I couldn't solve for X. I wanted to tell you how you felt about solving for X. That's as close as I come. So there are numbers here. So I didn't do it. You got to take my word on this. It's Bank of America. Bank of America filled with people who do nothing but numbers. 71% of employees in the United States of America today are poorer as a result of Biden inflation. That's up from 58% just a couple of months ago. So what happened? Well, you and I went looking for things. You can kind of, sort of, get away from the oppressive inflation, which, oh, we're supposed to be happy, right? Jeff, it came down. It's only like 7% now. Oh, fantastic. Remember what it was when the orange guy with the mean tweets was in office. It's 1%. You and I went looking for stuff. If you're like most guys, and I mean guys, you know, you, you know, look, your mileage may vary, I know, but guys, for the most part, guys are not big shoppers and are not big shoppers on a regular basis. We, generally speaking, I know it's a sweeping generalization and and somebody will feel, uh, I don't know, triggered or offended or oppressed and eh, I don't care. But for the most part, guys don't go shopping as, as, an, as an activity. We do it like it's a reconnaissance exercise. I know what I need. I know what aisle it's on. I'm getting in. I'm getting out as quickly as possible. I don't want to take any enemy fire. I don't want to run into anybody. I don't want anybody asking me questions. And if there's not a price on it, forget about it. I'll find one that has a price on it because I am not standing at the checkout line waiting for them to find somebody who knows what the price is. So I go in, I get what I need, and I get out. Women, I know it's a sweeping generalization. Somebody's going to be offended and hurt and triggered. And again, I don't care. Women look at shopping as, generally speaking, a a, a social activity. Well, we should go to the mall. Why? That's my answer. Oh, we should go to such as... Why? What do we need? Well, we don't need anything. Then why are we going? If we don't need anything, it would seem to me the, the prudent, intelligent choice to make is to sit here on the couch 
relatively close to a bathroom, relatively close to the kitchen, which is filled with tasty snacks and enjoyable beverages. And more importantly, I I don't really have to move. If I stay here long enough, I might become part of the couch. That's the goal, isn't it? But now we have to get stuff. We may not be going out to as many brick and mortar stores, but guys, we are still looking for gifts. And that's how we have realized, oh my gosh, something's happening. Whether it is Amazon or another online retailer. And the price for everyday things has gone through the roof. We needed deodorant the other day. Not that we were stinky, but antiperspirant. But I looked in the cabinet and, well, we're out. And at the moment, there are five of us in the house. We, we are all adults. And so we need this, right? Everybody's got one. Well, mine is running down because I found that it was being used by four other people and nobody bothered to mention it. So I thought, well, I need it tomorrow and I really don't feel like going out. I don't want to deal with the crowds. I'm dressed for work, which means I'm in comfy sweatpants. And I, I don't want to go. So I do what any upstanding American would do. I go online. Do you know what they wanted for a Mitchum gel antiperspirant? It was six bucks. Six, 647, I think, to be exact. The last time I went to the store, it was $3. So I realized firsthand, oh my God, stuff has really gone up in price. What else am I looking at? What else are you looking at? You're going to the grocery store and you are finding that the prices have climbed and climbed and climbed. And those things that used to be just like ordinary things, chicken. Nobody gets excited because they're having chicken. Chicken is what you have because you you need protein and you need calories and, and you have chicken. Ground beef. Yeah, nobody really gets excited about ground beef. You make hamburgers out of it. You can dress those up, some cheese, some bacon, another burger, more cheese, more bacon, another burger. Well, you know what I'm saying. So you can do that. Meatloaf. You can make a meatloaf. I love a nice meatloaf. But nobody gets excited by it. Steak, on the other hand, well, now you're talking. When I was growing up, steak was a treat. Here's what we had in my home as I grew up in Oxford Circle, the Oxford Circle section of Philadelphia. We had chicken, I would say, four times a week, Five times a week, we would have spaghetti and meatballs once a week. And then we'd have leftovers, generally speaking. But that was one of my dad's favorites. And then if we were lucky on that other night, week uh, day of the week, number seven, wherever that happened to be placed, if we could afford it, because we were poor. I don't want to tell you we were lower class, we were this, middle class. We were poor. We were legitimately poor. That's okay. I mean, it is what it is. We would have steak if we could afford it because that was my dad's favorite. And it wasn't like each of us got a steak. My mom would go to the grocery store, the supermarket, get, as memory serves, probably two steaks. My dad got one full steak because, you know, it's the dad. And the rest of us split 
the other stake. It's just the way it was. Now, I've been blessed. I really have. We have the ability to go into a supermarket and we can buy fundamentally what we want. I don't have to worry that, oh, it's got to be a special occasion. It's got to be this. I have truly been very, very fortunate, thoroughly blessed. And so my wife doesn't have to cringe, but you know, she looks for a bargain. I go to the grocery store, same thing. I look for a bargain. But those bargains that we all used to look at as staples, the chicken and the ground beef, the cost for those have gone through the roof. And this is how we all know now. We don't have as much buying power. We don't have as much money. And then you factor in gifts. Whether we like it or not, the holidays, be it Christmas or Hanukkah, have become about gifts. We all want to give somebody something. We all want somebody to give us something. I'm not immune to that. You you go into my house right now, in terms of decorations, it looks like Martha Stewart exploded in there. My wife has got 10,000 different Christmas things, and I get my little section for Hanukkah. In all fairness, though, Hanukkah, when you stack it up against Christmas on the relative calendar, is not really as important on the Jewish calendar as, say, Christmas is on the Christian calendar. And we don't have a lot of the decorations. So I've got, I don't know, 18 different menorahs displayed out there. And Hanukkah music, we've got uh, we've got dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Uh, we've got Adam Sandler with the Hanukkah song, and that's kind of about it. Christmas songs, I know, million of them, great tunes. <laughs> I love listening to them, and so so we're in that mode. But we're also trying to figure out what do we do for the kids? What sort of gifts are we going to get? And when you go to buy them you realize just how little our dollar is buying now. Glenn's talked about it how many times? The Great Reset? That's what we're in the middle of. Your buying power is being decimated. Joe Biden shuffles in front of a television camera, babbles incoherently. Some other member of the White House spin team comes out and says, hey, you remember when the president said this? That's not what he meant. Here, here's a copy of what he was supposed to say, but he didn't say it. All the while, you're sitting back and saying, I, I, I don't have any money. I, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't buy that. Remember what one of the, the lessons from Davos is. Oh, you're not going to own anything and you're going to be happy about it. I don't think so. At least not for me. But that is where we're headed. And this decimation of the American Working family is part of this. Make no mistake, the leftists, the Democrats, the Joe Bidens and his acolytes, they're not looking to help anybody who's a working person. They're looking to take from you massive amounts of your money that you earned and give it to people they like more. And then if you dare to say, wait a minute, I worked for that, then somehow you're a hateful, terrible human being. It is so ugly, and man, oh man, it is real.
Contact information today, remember, if you want to uh, shoot me an email, jeff at thejeffcatshow.com, jeff at thejeffcatshow.com. In fact, if you just go to that website, uh, thejeffcatshow.com, you can read all about me and, and take a look at all of our stuff, jeff at thejeffcatshow.com. Social media, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, just look for Jeff Cat Show and give me a like, uh, give me a follow. I'd appreciate that. Don't use any of that, by the way, instead of theblaze.com or glennbeck.com. Make it a, a multifaceted trip, if you will. Jeff Katz from News Radio WRVA in Central Virginia. In today for Glenn, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. It's the Glenn Beck program. Jeff Katz, happy to be sitting in for Glenn today. I'm taking a look at a tweet. I know I've been talking a lot about Twitter, and it's been so long, frankly, since I've invested so much time chatting about Twitter. Why? Because there's a change. There's a big change that's happened in the last month or so. As Elon Musk bought the company and has been releasing these these files, which you only know about because you're listening to Glenn or you're going to uh, theblaze.com. The legacy news media hacks don't cover it, right? All of those real reporters and serious journalists, the uber left water carriers who have been deployed to newsrooms around America, they, they won't cut cover it. They're outraged. Oh, my God. There's, there's, there's some privacy there. What privacy? We're, we're seeing here how there was cooperation between the government and this private entity. See, everybody who's told us, well, it's not a First Amendment issue. Well, now it's a First Amendment issue. Now it is about free speech, isn't it? Because you have government folks involved in this. Listen, I don't hate the government. I'm not one of those guys. My dad worked for the federal government his entire life. He came out of the Army. He was a military police officer, wound up working for the federal government for about 40 years. I've got far too many friends who are devoted, hardworking employees who happen to work for the government. I know too many people in the law enforcement components of the federal government who are honest and upright, and they're appalled by what's going on. Make no mistake about that. This is huge. And the reason I'm talking about it is because, well, here, here's, here's a tweet from Polly Girl. She says, Jeff, I discovered I was one of those who had been following you and mysteriously unfollowed you. That's what happened. Now, if they can do it to me, they can do it to you. Why would they do it to me? Goodness gracious, just, you know, some humble little talk show host in central Virginia. Why, why do I need to be shadow banned? Why do I need to be silenced? I don't know. Talking about the wrong things, telling people the wrong stuff, maybe. But that's terrifying. Now, you put that together with the fact that Congress has now voted 
to number one, refer former President Trump to the Department of Justice for criminal activity. Nonsense, right? Of course it's nonsense. And you heard the smartest lawyer on God's green earth, Joe Moreno, a little bit earlier say, uh, please, it's ridiculous. But on top of that, they also said, hey, we're going to release President Trump's tax returns. I want to know under what authority. Who the heck said to you, you can take documents which allegedly are supposed to be private and then just stick them out there for everybody? It makes no sense unless there's just certain people you don't want holding power. Jeff, in for Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program.